Hello everybody, this is Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy meet Batman meet Jim Beard. That's right. Or, or I might be Batman. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no. We're back with another installment of I like to say the Jim Beard saga, the Beard. Yeah, now now the Beard trilogy. This <laughs> the, is the, the Beard the Beard trilogy. The <laughs> third time we've talked to Jim Beard. Wow, is it really? Yeah. Yes. It has. Yeah. Been. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. Yeah. So this is the this is the Return of the Jedi episode <laughs> for me, right? Yeah, we're gonna have uh, like Ewoks come out at the end. All right. So, the, All Reven- right. the Revenge of the Beard is what I'm gonna <laughs> right, call yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's been about a year since we've talked to Jim. We're we're live now from Austin, uh, Mankato, and Toledo. So we're really. We're all over. The we're place. all over. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're I guess you're in Toledo. Is that is that right, Jim? Yes. Let me ask you something. Have you ate at a Rack's barbecue, or not barbecue? Roast beef. Rack's roast beef. Oh my God! They used to have those in Toledo years ago, but they've been gone for quite a while. I have. Yeah, I, I have. have a surprise for you. I looked okay. it up. I looked it up. Yeah. There's, there's still one in Toledo. No. I, I just I looked it up earlier because no. I was thinking about where where. Let me, let me look right now. All right. Um, Heather's down <laughs> by the Heather's down Boulevard. I mean, literally, literally, that was like in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, I know they're all gone. But uh, this one looks like by uh, ninety, uh, the or Interstate Ohio Turnpike. It's a toll road. Yeah. The Old Town Shopping Center, Heather's Down Boulevard, or any does any of this sound familiar? The he- I know you go to the Heather's Downs Country Club, which is right nearby. Old Town, boy, oh boy, um, boy. I mean, I, of course, I know where Heather Downs is, and that's near where you uh, where you'd get off the Turnpike there. Um, do you, it's it's right. Do you know the Chesterfield Plaza Shopping Center? Y- yeah, it's right by there. It's, it's a stone's throw. <laughs> That's right near my comic shop. <laughs> really? Oh I think I know where you're having lunch. I think next Wednesday. <laughs> well, wait. I didn't say I liked it that much. Oh, okay. <laughs> next, next Wednesday, he's going to pick up his books and go yeah. right to the racks hmm. and get a, and get a uh, roast beef sandwich. I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking racks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'll have to tell my wife that, if that's even true. This might you be know, just an anomaly of Google Maps. Although they have, we well, could call them right now. They have a number. Although- <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I was going to say, you know what? It's probably somebody who, like, grabbed the name. They're squatting on the name. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be something like that. You know, Toledo is a restaurant town. I yeah. mean, this place loves its restaurants. It. It has more restaurants per square foot than I don't know where else, and it's really competitive. Uh, you can bet that if any restaurant chain pops up, yeah, that their direct competitor within a few months will pop up, you know, like <laughs> right across the street or, or just a mile down the road, you know. That's that's the way are they are here. But, yeah, this this town loves its restaurant uh, restaurants. We're a big... Uh, we're a big pizza town. Okay. Any, and is there, what's the best local pizza joint? If you ever find yourself in Toledo, where should you go? You know, um, we have a, a local chain called Marco's, which is very serviceable. Uh, as Nero Wolf would say, satisfactory, very satisfactory. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm, re- I'm reading the Nero Wolf book right now, so it's on my mind. <laughs> Sorry. A, no, no, no problem. Um, 
but um, they're you know they're good and uh, they they go back into they go back to the 80s uh, and and you know I like them very well. Um, our Pizza Huts are all the the sit down Pizza Huts are disappearing. Yeah, I know. I we think have, that's a nationwide. That's a problem. Yeah. And I, yeah, and we it. have two left in the area. Mm. One in Toledo and one in Perrysburg, which is just to the south of us. Um, they uh, and I used to love to go to their their lunch buffets. Yeah, the, the I was going to ask perfect, if they had a buffet. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the here's the here's my perfect Wednesday. Buy comic books. <laughs> go over to Pizza Hut. Have a Mountain Dew and and the yep. pizza buffet, and I'm a, I'm a happy guy. Swing over to Raxford as <laughs> <to> some dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. roast beef for dessert. Rack. Yeah, yeah and get, get some whatever the hell their dessert was. <laughs> <laughs> it's roast beef sandwiches. Yeah, I think that's all it was. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah that was their dessert. Andy, yeah, Ray, I'll, I, I'll have the I'll have the uh, sausage pizza with a with a roast beef chaser. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so if you ever find yourself in Toledo, go to Marco's Pizza. Maybe go to Rax. We we're, we're not sure. It hasn't been confirmed. I'm gonna report back on this. Yes, I want to yes. know. I want. I want to okay. see a picture of you in front of the Rax. <laughs> With the roast beef sandwich. This oh is a little like you know. There's still in Cincinnati. There was a um, a Roy Rogers, an independent one, not no, not a pizza. No stuff. way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was man. by it was by Deja Vu Strip Club, if you remember. Yeah, that's. That, I mean, um, that that's a perfect Wednesday. Some in some ways. <laughs> that's what Steve would say. Yeah, perfect Wednesday. Going well, to we, strip you know club what? We all have Rogers. our own perfect Wednesdays, don't we? <laughs> yes. So, Jim Beer, you've been up to a lot. I mean, I'm sure you've been up yeah, to more than eating at, at pizza places and and racks. What? Why don't you tell everybody? Just catch us up, because yeah, I think um, there's been a lot going on in the Beard universe. I, I debuted last year as a pulp writer. I'm proud to say. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And since that time, I've had. Let me. Let, I'm looking at my personal bookshelf right here now. After Gotham City came out in December 2010, I uh, starting last year, uh, just a little bit over a year ago, I've had one, two, three, four, five, six books published. Wow. Uh, two, two of which delicious. are all me, and then uh, the others four are uh, anthologies. That I that I'm in with other writers, and two of mm-hmm. those are actually creations. Like the concept is a creation of mine. So what? But, uh, wh- how'd you get into pulp writing? Because last we heard from you, you were writing uh, sort of this nonfiction. Uh, yeah. City stuff. So yeah, how? What, um, what got you which, interested in? And, which I'm really gonna probably like take a step back from because I've just found that I absolutely love writing fiction. Yeah. And and I've started to do you know, kind of, uh, well with it, you know, um, I've always wanted to write fiction, but every time I've tried, I've, I've never liked what, what I did. And, and I found out why that is. Um, I, uh, I was on Facebook and I saw a friend of mine was a friend of, um, Ron Fortier Mm -hmm. and Ron Fortier is the writer of, uh, the Green Hornet series, comic book series that used to be at Now Comics. Remember Now Comics? I don't. You, Andy might. Yeah, you guys are too young. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say no, I don't. Well, they were a subsidiary of Racks. Yeah. Okay, well, now oh, now, now it's making <laughs> okay. sense. Yeah, now I remember. Now I remember. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, no, they uh, they were a comic book company that uh, like nineties, uh, eighties, nineties, uh-huh. something like I that. And they had a, they had a Green Hornet series that it, oh, okay. to this day is one of my most favorite comic book series. And the writer of it was Ron Fortier. And I saw that he was on Facebook, and I sent him a friend request just because of how much I love that Green Hornet series. Mm-hmm. And it was a great series because he took all aspects of the character and blended it into this generational saga. You know, he he connected the um, the Golden Age original mm-hmm. Green Hornet with the 60s TV version, and then he instituted an, a, a modern version, and they were all from the same family, which uh, which the family is related to the Lone Ranger character. Um, but um, I, you know, I, I sent him a message and said, you know, oh my God, I you know I love that series and and everything, and I I saw that he was now a pulp writer, prose, and that he had his own little company called Airship Twenty Seven, Airship Twenty Seven Productions. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I started looking into it, and I thought, this is really cool. And I sent him a message, and I said, you know, would there be any opportunities for somebody like me to, you know, to pitch ideas at you or, or, or however that works? You know, I wasn't sure how it worked. And he said, yes. He said, um, what I want you to do is, he said, you have to do a little tryout. I have everybody do this. Uh, he said, I, I want you to write a two-page, two pages in Word uh, tr- uh, pulp tryout. Whoa. He said, pick pick a character. He said, you know, like Doc Savage or The Shadow, you know, a recognizable character. And he said, what I need to do is to find out that you know how to write pulp. And he said, now that may kind of sound silly, he said, but honestly, not everybody can do it. He said, I have a very good friend who's an established writer, and he did the same thing. And he said, and it was terrible. He said, what he wrote was not pulp. I mean, not like yeah. it was just terrible in yeah. general. He said, but it wasn't pulp. Sure. It's a, it's a, and I said, it's own genre. okay. I said, I think I know what you mean. So I wrote a two-page Doc Savage nice. scene, you know, chapter or whatever. And uh, he, he got back to me instantly, and he said, right on. He said, you, you got it completely. He said, that's pulp. And uh, what Airship 27 does is that they have projects that uh-huh. they want to do. They have anthologies where they have a character or a concept or whatever, and they put it out there to their writers, and you can you know, pitch ideas for that. And so I, I did that, and I started writing Pulp. And what I found out was that I seemed to be good at it. Like, finally, mm-hmm. I found a style of fiction that, that I could do. And I think my problem was is that I, I I couldn't write all of the all of like what was demanded of regular fiction the the lengthy descriptions and the the yeah. in-depth things about feelings and emo you know and, and all this other kind of stuff it's like yeah. it was like I I couldn't do that but I could write terse stripped down plot heavy <laughs> action yeah. adventure yeah, and it really seemed to like flow out of me, uh, and here I am, you know, a year more, uh, actually two years. It's been two years now. I wrote for about a year. I wrote solidly for a year, uh, different pulp stories. I wrote some for these anthologies, which were reviving public domain pulp characters that were really published back in the you know the 30s, 40s, uh-huh. and have fallen into public domain. Okay. And then I uh, I pitched him 
an idea for my own character and uh, wrote a sample story of that. He loved it, and uh, that became Sergeant Janice Spirit Breaker. Yeah, I was. Um, so, how did? What's the inspiration for that character? And, and can you tell us a little bit? Yeah, there's about... a uh, there's a whole um, part of fiction, uh, like a uh-huh. sub sub genre that that I would call more proto pulp um, mm. from the like turn of the century up until around, around the 20s 30s um the the what pa- would have passed for pulp fiction in those days um there was a subgenre of occult detectives yeah yeah and there was a really <laughs> great character called Karnacki by a, by an author named William Hope Hodgson and I had read this collection. There's only nine stories of this character, and they're all collected in one volume. And I just, I just loved it. Yeah. Just, it was, you know, like really creepy stuff. And something about that, they all came out around 1916, right around the time of going into World War One. And uh, I said, you know, I, I want to do something like this myself. And I stumbled upon it because of uh, Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Because Karnacki appears in uh, the Century 1910 volume, and I had heard about that, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to look into this character. It sounds cool." And again, just just loved it. So basically, what I did is I created my own, you know, homage uh, version to to Karnacki, and um, I had it published one year ago, just a little over a year, as Sergeant Janice Spirit Breaker. And yep. Eight stories, uh, which all have kind of connection points to each uh-huh. other. That by the end of the volume, it actually sort of becomes one overarching story. So, is that the only Sergeant Janice story or book out now? The Sergeant Janice Spirit Breaker. Or yes, you... I'm okay. actually writing a sequel uh, okay. right now. In fact, literally just a, like a few hours ago, I'm in the middle of the fourth story of the new volume. There's going to be a new volume, hopefully by the end of the year, called Sergeant Janice Returns. And it's going to be eight new stories, and again, I'm in the middle of the fourth of those eight stories, um, and really excited about it. Um, I'm, I'm having a great time. It's a little different from the first volume. The first volume, okay. the yeah. whole the whole hook was that um, that every one of the stories is told by a different narrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's all told by the guy's clients. He he, you know, he has people he works for to get rid of ghosts, and each one of the stories is told from that from their point of view. So you get eight different points of view on on the character of Janice. So, how did you come up with the name Sergeant Janice? That's what I was I was wondering. I wish I had an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. I was you wondering know, I mean, if there was a more if was an interesting story yeah, behind you know, that. Literally, it's I wanted to. Boy, I wanted a title. Uh, hopefully you guys know what I'm talking about here. Yeah, yeah. I think some of the most compelling fictional characters have titles, and they have military-sounding titles. There's something about it that the, the, the air that it gives a character to have captain, you know, or major, mm-hmm. or something like that in it, um, is really cool and fun. And I, and I started to think, I don't want to do captain. Like, how many captains are there in, in fiction? You know? <laughs> and I, I'm thinking, what? okay, what isn't there a lot of? And, you know, I didn't want to do, like, private or corporal or you know, yeah. something like sergeant that. Sergeant has a nice thought, ring to it. Sergeant. Yeah. You know, um, there's been some famous sergeants, Sergeant Fury, you know, in, in the past, but there's not a lot of use of that. So uh, somehow I, I decided upon sergeant. And I, I don't know, I started thinking about 
names. And I, the problem is, is that I don't remember exactly how I stumbled upon Janice. But number one, I like the sound of it. And number two, I like the meaning of it. Now, it it has two meanings. And the most well-known or obvious meaning is that the uh, Janice, when pictured in art or whatever, has two faces. Mm-hmm. That isn't what I really went for. Uh, Janus is really the Roman god of gates or beginnings. Okay, I did not. And I and what I did is I pictured my Sergeant Janus as a guy that closed gates, um, that ghosts come through openings in mm-hmm. whatever the spiritual plane. And that Sergeant Janice basically breaks their ties to this world and sends them back on their way to, so that they stop um, troubling, you know, humans uh, here, here in the mortal world. So I really like that idea of gates and, and beginnings and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, it all came together. And then this is uh-huh. funny because I came up with his first name. His first name is Roman, and I, I somehow, with the way my brain works, I forgot that that Janice is the Roman god of you know of gates and beginnings. So it's like it, it's like oh yeah right okay so that's why I so his name is Sergeant Roman Roman Janus, and that's J A N U S. Yep. And um, again, he's he's pretty much a mysterious character. You don't learn a lot about him or why he does what he does in the book because you're getting it from you're getting the stories from people who don't know him previously. Yeah. They've only met him through the tasks that he takes on to get rid of ghosts for these people. And and it was really fun because it was eight different voices. Um, yeah. yeah. and here's the here's mm-hmm. the really funny thing. As a reader, I, I pretty much hate first person stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here I am, not only writing an entire book <laughs> with first-person stories, but from eight, eight different, different people. <laughs> so I had to do eight different voices, um, and 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 some men and some women, some younger, some older, some who who very much uh, were interested and liked uh, yeah. what the sergeant did or liked him, but then also characters who didn't like him very much. There's a guy in the second story who is very much against Sergeant Janice and thinks that he's uh, perpetrating a hoax, uh, that he that he's a flim-flam man and, you know, that uh, he, he's trying to, you know, rob people of their money or, uh, by doing what he does. So it, it's really fun because I come at it in, in eight, from eight different angles. And I started asking around to my friends who are writers, and you know, before the book came out, and I said, help me with this. It's like, do you know of any set up like this you know where 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 it's not told by it's not third person omniscient it's not told by the uh the main character themselves it's not told by a sidekick like dr watson i didn't want to do any yeah. of those things they've been done before and i i somehow stumbled upon that idea and uh luckily people started telling me no you know they said no i actually i never you know i don't think i've stumbled upon something like that before a very good friend of mine um who actually writes this sort of thing uh james stoddard who wrote a fantastic novel called the high house uh-huh. uh he's a, a, a william hope hodgson enthusiast and he you know he knows this stuff and he's like no he said honestly he said i think you may have got some you know you may have got something here go go with it 
so it turns out that um, that was the hook to to draw people in. So what do I do in the second volume? I toss <laughs> it to the wind. <laughs> well, I didn't want yeah. to repeat myself. Sure, you, know? you got so to sec- be fresh. Yeah. For the second volume, it's actually a single. It's first person again, but it's a single narrator. Okay. Uh, it's a guy, a young guy who comes into the orbit of Janice's world and gets caught up in in it. And his life changes through the progression of the eight stories. And my plan is for the third volume to actually go back to the individual narrators, uh, his clients. Okay. But what I intend to do is invite uh, uh, several of my pulp writer friends to each take a story. So I'll take one of them, and then I'll have seven other writers uh, to do a jam you know, uh, <laughs> book, um, because I've had a lot of them, ex- you know, tell me that they, they enjoyed it or they liked the character or whatever. So, um, they've been great to me. They've really welcomed me into this, this little world of w- what we call new pulp. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I want to kind of repay that kindness by inviting them into the, the third anthology. And if all goes well, that will be called Sergeant Janice investigates. So a lot to look forward to. Yeah, from yeah. The Jim Beard universe. Uh, do you Thank plan you. on uh, do you plan on creating any other characters like maybe like one more like Doc Savage or the Shadow or anything like that? I um, yeah, you know, um, I I had a I had an anthology that I created called Monster Aces, which kind of is is sort of a Doc Savage and his his uh, fabulous five, you know, the guys that that uh, are his crew. Yeah. Um, this it's a crew of monster hunters. Uh, the book is set in the late 30s or early 40s, and it's different adventures of the of four guys who have basically given up their individual identities and their pasts and who they really are, and they in, and they they're there to, uh, to go around the globe and find monsters and destroy them. The whole purpose of it was to do stories that you might. Uh, find in a Universal Monsters movie, or even mm-hmm. sort of in Hammer later Hammer films, because I love the Universal Monster movies, and I wanted to do something like that. So um, they're very pulpy, globe-trotting, you know, action stories where they go up against, you know, all different kinds of, of monsters. Um, there's I have the I do the bookends. I do the first story and the last story, and then I have three other writers who do the, the middle three stories and and they had a great traditional pulp. Um, I'm I'm kind of odd in that sense where I wanna do a lot of traditional pulp but I wanna find new, new ways, ways to, yeah. to yeah. Like I wanna do the pulp style but I wanna do new um, themes and mm-hmm. settings and and eras that aren't normally done. Um, yeah. My my second book out was, uh, pardon me, my third book out was the uh, full novel, uh, my first full novel, uh, which was Captain Action, the first Captain Action yeah. novel based upon the toy uh, from the 1960s, which incidentally was was out almost the exact same time as the Batman TV series. Uh, it began and ended at just about the same time that the TV series began and ended, 66 to 68. Um, and so obviously that, that yeah. set in the sixties, um, and that was really fun. Uh, one of the owners of Captain Action, uh, describes it as what if Ian Fleming wrote a Doc Savage novel? 
<laughs> I just love that. Yeah. I can come up with that, you know, better myself. You know, that's like, wow, really? You know, that that's really cool. So um, then the, the latest book that I came out with is Monster Earth, and not to be confused with Monster Aces, and it's another yes. way to try to do something different. Um, a good friend of mine, James Palmer, has had started up his own publishing house called Mechanoid Press, and um, I had said to him uh, at a Yahoo pulp group that I'm in, I, I said something about, wouldn't it be fun to do giant monsters and pulp? You know, I had done human-sized monsters, and he's like, yes. He said, I wanted to do something like that. He said, I love kaiju, you know, Godzilla (laughs) movies. And he said, that would be really fun. So we started talking, and the next thing we knew, we had put together this whole universe that we called Monster Earth, which is basically, it's an alternate history of the 20th century but where where every country on Earth has their own giant monster. Yeah. So in a way, it was sort of like a substitute for the history that we know still happened, but it some of it happened differently because of giant monsters on Earth. Um, <laughs> uh, for example, like World War II still happened, but instead of dropping the uh, atom bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we, we, the United States, dropped a giant monster on those cities. So that... I mean, literally <laughs> dropped it out of a plane and onto these cities, and, and it created as much destruction <laughs> as so, the atom bomb. So it came full that, circle with... then, because I think the part of the inspiration yeah. for Godzilla was the... Uh... Yes, thank you very much. That's exactly right. I really like that. That's that's yeah. It 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 was so much fun. And again, we got uh, we got several other writers to come in and fill out the it's an anthology, and we each took a different decade. And we go from the 1930s up until the early 80s. And we're actually working on volume two right now, which is going to tell uh, the stories from. 10 years uh, from a decade uh, the er, the middle 80s to the middle 90s um, and, and we're really ratcheting things up on this alternate earth yeah um, as far as the monster goes my my story is actually a very real event that is one of the events that kicked off world war 2 it was when um, china invade or pardon me japan, japan invaded yeah. china in 1937 and there was an incident that kicked it off called the Marco Polo Bridge incident. And what I did is I took that, and all the facts are, are real facts that really happened, except that the Japanese brought not just tanks and, and rifles and, and soldiers with them, they also brought a giant monster with them. <laughs> <laughs> I think this should be an HBO miniseries. <laughs> Thank you. I, think I so. really I think, think so, would... too. We're, this is one of those things where, you know, people, people have said to me, like, um, oh, do you think there'll be a Sergeant Janice comic book someday or whatever? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that would be fun, sure. I, you know, if somebody wants to do that, that's great. But Monster Earth is the one that James and I really, really want to shop around. Yeah, we I love wanted, the concept. We want, yeah. to be, we want to do a comic book, a graphic novel. We'd like, you know, I don't know, the sky's the limit. A yeah. cartoon, you know, a movie, I, I don't know. You know, on and on and on. You know, uh, 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 rock opera, <laughs> whatever. We, <laughs> I'd like to see we the can ro- do. an actual yeah. opera <laughs> in Italian. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not over until Gamera sings. <laughs> so it looks like most of or all of these are available via Amazon, and we'll put a link up 
or yes. some of the links and, up in. Yeah, I have a, and I have an author's page on Amazon. Okay, yeah. And, and all of those are there. Um, Gotham City, Sergeant yep. Janice, yep. Uh, Presidential Pulp, Captain Action, Riddle of the Glowing Men, uh, Black Bat Mystery Volume 2, yep. uh, Jim Beard's Monster Aces, and Monster Earth. They're all there. And expect more cool cool junk by the end of the year. Did you write I'm, the... I'm li- Go ahead. Did you write the... Uh... The James Dean tribute too. That's on yeah. there. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's with Blue Water. The oh, okay. that's the company that does all those uh, bio comics, and I've started working with them. Uh, and that was the first one of mine that came out. Well, they, this is kind of funny. I went to uh, 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 Daryl, uh, who's the head of um, Blue Water, and he had put up something on Facebook that said we're looking for new writers. And yeah. I said, uh, you know, I said, well, what do you got going? And he goes, well, here, here's a short list of bio comics that I really need to do. I really want to do. Do you, is there anything on there that you really want to take on? And and James Dean was on there. My wife's like, oh my God, take James Dean. Like that's the biggest <laughs> name on that list. Like that's great. And I said, uh, sure, okay, I'll take James Dean. But I had never seen a James Dean movie. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you have his fr- the same first name. That was the only the only connection. He's like, I don't even know who James Dean is. It's but just, his name is. <laughs> it should have written tribute James Beard. Yeah, and just well, left everything some, else the same. And someday, well, you know what? There's a famous chef named James. That's Beard, true. So I was going to ask you. I could you, do that one. Yeah, it's the Oscars but, uh, of, uh, of of the culinary world, the Jim Beard Awards, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> what one of the other ones that was on the list that I wasn't, I didn't feel one way or the other about, but but he asked me to take it was uh, Herman Cain. <laughs> now, this was this was. Boy, this was more than a year ago. Now he had hit his troubles and had uh, and had recently dropped out of the presidential race. But but he really wanted to he wanted to do a comic on every single one of the presidential candidates. Okay. And and he, he didn't have one on Herman Cain. And and I said, okay, you know, I'll take that one. I said, actually, he's. I think he sounds like a very interesting guy, and it did. It turned out to be, you know, very interesting. Uh, so a, another pizza that, connoisseur. That, yeah, I know. There you go, Godfather's Pizza, <laughs> right. which was only in Toledo for a short time. But, <laughs> they um, ran it out of town. Those Jim did. Jim Beard ran it out. <laughs> well, I think it was Rax, actually. Yeah, that, the Rax. That, they couldn't compete against Rax. Well, the Rax coalition is very yeah. strong. It's, it's like the mob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Very strong in Toledo. So um, you know what's funny? Those bio comics are are kind of a challenge because as yeah. he said to me, he said, he, I said, what does this have to be? And he said, well, I can tell you what it, it can't be. He said, they can't just be info dumps. Yeah. He said, you, you literally just can't have, you know, pick up, take all the facts and literally just list them. And that's it. He goes, he goes, you've got to find the story within these people's lives. And I said, okay. I said, I, you know, he said, you've got to hit the information Sure. You know, it's got to be factual as much as possible, or if not, you have to actually, you know, kind of say it like that, you, you know, uh, that that we're not sure. And, and with James Dean, that really came into play, because there's a lot of legends about him and fallacies mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff that we're just not sure about. And yeah. as they started to investigate him, that became a lot of what I was, what I wanted to put into it. Um, the the tack that I took on it was um, that this persona that we know today of James Dean was was created by him. 
he wasn't really like that. From all different accounts, from people who knew him, they said that he was actually a fairly happy-go-lucky guy and very funny and yeah. was a was a jokester, you know, like to pull pranks on people and stuff. They said he really wasn't this brooding, you know, uh, guy in the leather jacket that, that he pushed. Uh-huh. On people, he pushed forward as his character, and that we saw him, you know, Rebel Without a Cause. Um, it was interesting to me how he he's known for three movies, two of which came out after he died. He yeah. really only had one big movie while he was still living, which was Rebel Without a Cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, East of Eden and Giant came out after after he died. But um, I, I literally began with the car crash because I think that's what people really, really sure. if they think of anything. Yeah. They're going to think of that car crash. And I thought I got to get this out of the way. So there's a there's a there's a narrator, an invisible narrator throughout the whole comic who is telling us the story of James Dean, but we don't find out who the narrator is until the final page. But it, it starts off with saying the crash, and you see the car kind of sailing through the air, and we focus uh-huh. in on James Dean panel by panel right up in, into his eye. And it says, like, the crash, it's always about the crash, but there's a lot more about James Dean than just the crash. And then it, then it jumps to his childhood and, uh, and goes from there. And, and it really is a lot about the people who shaped his life. He was this guy that needed mentors. Mm-hmm. He had this huge desire that he had to have mentors and people guiding him and people to who could advise him. And he had one after another, all, a lot of his teachers, and some of them for the better and some of them for the worse. And um, it was re- very interesting. And I touch upon the the rumors of his homosexuality, and mm-hmm. I leave it at that. Uh, you know, I touch upon it, I say... You know, people say this, people say that, but then the, the the unseen narrator says, but who really knows? Were you there? Do you know? Well, you don't, so let's just move on, you know, <laughs> that that kind of a thing. Um, I get to, I love it, because I got, this is so funny, I got to bring Godzilla into it. So do you, do you know what the connection he, between he, James Dean and Godzilla is? Huh? Was Godzilla the narrator at the end? It <laughs> zooms out and Godzilla sitting Damn smoking it, that's a cigarette. A sequel, you you have <laughs> oh, ruined the sequel it. completely. Oh, what? My so God. there is a James Dean Godzilla connection. Yes, there is. Do you know what it is? I don't. God- Godzilla was originally cast in East of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, a good uh, friend of James Dean's was in was later went on to be in uh, Toho movies, one of which was a Godzilla movie, and the other one was uh, uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World. Uh, his name is oh. Nick Adams, So, and he, he was a good friend. Go ahead. You're always looking for a Godzilla connection, like the 60s. In everything. I know. Yeah, everything. I know. Well, I had to make it interesting to me, right? <laughs> what, what, was the conne- what was the connection to Godzilla and the Herman Cain one? <laughs> um, he flattened everything that he came into contact with. That's maybe? it. <laughs> Godzilla is actually a big Godfather's Pizza fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Herman Cain was wearing oh, the Godzilla you know, costume. Yeah. You know what? I think they did use Godzilla in a Godfather's Pizza commercial, right? I'm sure they no, did. No, 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 no. Oh that God. was Charles Barkley. No, right, yeah. <laughs> same, same thing, same almost. Thing. Same, same, thing. same thing. So, so, is, is, so anyways, yeah. what I'm basically doing is, is I'm, I'm taking everything that I love and trying to, like, get, get a book out of it. Yeah. Somehow. 
Well, it sounds you know, great. Even, I mean, even with a lot. Captain Action, I was I brought in Batman to that. I, we, yeah. you know, um, we can't, we couldn't. Captain Action couldn't do what he used to do as as an action figure, which was change into all these licensed characters. He can't do that anymore. But I was able to put in a couple little references to to that, you know, kind of off kilter references. But at one point. One of the characters says to Captain Action, like Captain Action says, "Come on, we got to go do this or whatever." And the other character says, "Oh no, I'll miss Batman because <laughs> it takes the book takes place in, in 1967." The, yeah, in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. So, and then at another point, it said something. It says something like Captain Action thought to himself, like he's got to do this or that, and he's like, "Well, I can't just change into Superman and do this." <laughs> you know, he wasn't Superman. What did somebody? You know, did they think he could just change into <laughs> Superman and do that? You know. So there's there's fun little references uh, in there too. That, but I'm I actually started writing the book two. There's going to be three altogether. It's going to okay. be a trilogy, and nice. um, that took place in '67. The second book takes place one year later in 1968 in Japan. I I have a Godzilla. suspicion in oh Tokyo. We, we know who's yes, going to show up. James yes, Dean. You, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a giant radioactive James Dean will. I'm rise. pretty sure James Dean was dead in, in 1968. Well, that's what everybody thought. He was just not, under not the ocean, Japan. growing, yeah. <laughs> biding his time. But I've already snuck in my 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 giant monsters reference because because <laughs> Captain Action's running around in Tokyo in 1968. So uh, we'll that, we'll right? just leave that uh, we'll leave that for the readers to discover uh, on their own. So you mentioned you know. Uh, meeting uh, people through Facebook and the internet, and uh, how have you found? Have you found there's kind of a resurgence of pulp due to the? Um, it's it's a bit easier to get your stuff out there, right? I mean, you yeah, don't have to worry yeah. about getting your books into stores. Anyone can buy them anywhere right. in the world now. I mean, well, is, do you think how how has that changed the way that you write and think about writing? We're we're living in a really incredible age for publishing. Um, mm-hmm. where you don't have to go to the big publishers. You right. don't have to get an agent. Right. You can do things with smaller publishers or maybe, better yet, better for some people, maybe not for others, you can do it all on your own. Yeah. Don't like what's going on? Ron was like this, Ron Fortier. He, um, he grew... Um, very, I don't know if disgusted is the right word, but um, he he grew disenchanted with the with publishers and yeah. the manipulating of scripts after the fact and, and, and editorial interference, if you you know if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I'm got you know what? I'm a huge pulp fan." I'm a pulp writer, and I want to do this. And he started his own company, and you know, they they went from six books a year to ten books a year to, geez, last year I think they had maybe twenty books out. You know, yeah. uh, they had intended to do a book a month, and they're just publishing them. You know, almost like two two books a month yeah. now, and and it's and it's fun. Now the following is not that big yet. Um, it's. I'll go. I'll go out on a limb and say it. It's a niche market, you know. Um, sure. But we're trying to grow. We're trying to find ways to expand it, to show people what fun pulp writing can be, and that it's not just stuff that's set in the 30s and 40s mm-hmm. with you know 
with dames and gats and, you know, <laughs> and, and fedoras and all that. And I'm not putting any of that down because that's fun and that has its place. And, and I've done a little bit of that and I'll probably do more of it, but there's more to it than that. Pulp, uh, one of the pulp publishers named Tommy Hancock, he uh-huh. is the head of Pro Se uh, uh, Publications. He's come up with a definition for pulp that stresses that it's not a um, it's not a theme or, or a genre. It, it, it's a style, and it's a style that can be adapted to almost anything. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be gangsters or globe-trotting adventurers like Doc Savage, you know, or vigilantes like The Shadow. It can be so much more. It's you know, it's like what I said a little bit ago. It, it's it's terse, stripped down prose. It doesn't usually stop. The point is, is that it keeps moving. The story yeah. has to keep moving along. You don't stop. Your characters don't stop mm-hmm. and ponder the meaning of life. It's not a slice of life <laughs> novel. It's not the great American novel. And it's also, more importantly, it's also not trash. I guess sure. it could be on purpose, but. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. The, it's, most it's... of these writers who are working right now in New Pulp are damn fine writers. Yeah. And they work in different fields with their writing. And then in their spare time, they write Pulp, you know. And um, there's just some really great stuff out of there. And we're expanding it more and more and more. And I'm very proud to say that I'm part of it and, and that these guys have sort of welcomed me into the fold. And um, and working with them to try to expand the definition and, uh-huh. and to find ways to get it over to other people. And then if they like it and they like that style, maybe they will look at the traditional pulp yeah. again. It's not dead. You know, uh, we're not just digging up old characters and old motifs. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we're bringing something new to them. One of the greatest uh, challenges and I think triumphs right now is that uh, New Pulp is kind of correcting the some of the problems uh, that were inherent in in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Now, they weren't problems then, but in hindsight we would say that they're problems now. There obviously was fairly rampant racism. Mm-hmm. It and I'm not excusing it. It's a, it was a sign of the times. It was yeah. part and parcel of those times. They didn't know anything different. Uh, there was a few tiny examples of black characters that weren't stereotypes, but they were few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, women were not prominent in the stories other to be damsels in distress mm-hmm. but you you did have some but but not but not many yeah it's... so these things are being again i say corrected although it wasn't wrong at the time but it's just it's something that is just we you can't have that these days yeah so there um there's been um a movement to have more uh, black characters and to just have them headline their own adventures uh, Pro Se just came out with a wonderful volume called Black Pulp, mm-hmm. which is literally an anthology of stories where black characters are are the main characters. Uh, some of the writers are actually black themselves, and it got this incredible write-up. I think it was in the 
L.A. Times, the San Francisco Times, the San Diego Times, a prominent newspaper wow, yeah. out in California. Look this up if you if you can. Okay. And it came out of the blue. This was not a review that Pro Se, uh, like, they asked for, that they sent, you know, a free copy to a reviewer. Uh-huh. Like they do, this came out of nowhere, lengthy, in-depth, going into every story and really talking about it and just really praising it. And um, just just incredible. This is the kind of things that we need to have, to have happen so that it breaks out of this kind of pretty small niche that we're in, you know, right now. Um and yeah. uh, uh, we need we need more things like that to happen. I think um, I think I found that the uh, Los Angeles Review of Books. We'll put a link up. Uh, that's the Black Pulp. Yeah, it. and it Thank is you. very lengthy. I can't even <laughs> like yeah. even skim through yeah. it right now. But uh, yeah, really cool. Tommy, I, yeah, Tommy, the head of Pro Se, he was just he was knocked back on his heels. Uh, he he was speechless. And for Tommy, that's really something. You know, <laughs> he he on online he was just like you know wow, like this came out of nowhere. You know, and um, every we were all saying like, you know, good. We hopefully this momentum will keep going. We, you know, we we need more notices like this in in the greater outer world. You know, yeah. to to bring people because I think once that that dam sort of bursts, people are going to see mm-hmm. the how much is already in publication, you know, all of these, the, the anthologies and novels and, and, and of everything and anything, you know, there's yeah. something in it uh, for, for everybody. So an exciting time for Pulp and for yeah. Jim Beard and also really an exciting time for uh, the Batman TV series. You wrote a oh couple years ago, why the sixties TV series still matters. And it certainly, I would say today is, is bigger than it, has been in a long time. Would you would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. This this is the year for it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of new merchandise and new. Uh... The uh, the Batman sixty six comic series by Jeff Parker. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Just incredible. I had the uh, I had the very great fortune to do a tiny little interview with him. I had I sent him a couple questions and and um, you know I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm. I was kind of concerned when I heard that because I thought, how the hell are they going to do that? <laughs> a very good friend of mine, um, Joe Bernardo, who's actually did the episode guide for Gotham City 14 Miles, he said something that hit it right on the head. He said, this is going to be very interesting because he said so much of what made that show, the show, was in the audio track. Yeah. He said, you yeah. have the manic energy of some of the guys and gals that played the villains. He said, like, Cesar Romero and Frank Gorshin and Burgess Meredith and the music and the sound effects. He said, all of that, you take that away, and he said, do you still have the show? And so now what we're going to have is a comic book, static pictures, Mm -hmm. you know, in color with dialogue balloons, and that's great. You know how much I love comic books. But can, can they do it? Can they give it? even a tenth of the feeling of that show and also not make it, I don't want to say boring, but you know what I mean? Like, and do something more with it, which is what, which is what their intention is. And I think that's the, the, I mean, do you agree? That's the, that's the question out there. I, I, I'm excited for it, but, uh, anything that, uh, 
60s <laughs> yeah, Batman. Yeah. I would get excited for it because it's just <laughs> such a, a, a drought of things for so long, and now yeah. uh, so many things coming up. Uh, well, well, literally, you know, more than 45 years. I yeah, mean, really, this is almost nothing. Literally, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you know as well as I do that back at the time of the show, while the show was on the air, that the merchandise at the time, very little of it was literally from the show, meaning yeah. using images from the yeah, show. Yeah. There's almost nothing. Uh, the bubblegum cards, I think, are a prominent example. Uh, and on the novel, the the original novel, yeah, and yeah. on the novelization of the movie, there's photos uh, too. But Adam West believes it was because that then they didn't want to pay anybody anything extra, you know, for yeah, it's kind for, of a shame. The, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So I mean, there was all that more or less generic artwork that was produced. I love all that stuff. Yeah, but sure. It's really interesting when you look back at it, and something happened, and I wish I could say exactly what opened the floodgates, but boy, are those floodgates open now. You know, uh, yeah. uh, the Mattel action figures, the, the comic series. Uh, I just ordered a, a wall calendar from my comic shop that oh, I nice. saw in, in Diamond Previews, you know, um, uh, the, the little, like, uh, what is it, Mezco fig figurines yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. everything else. Uh, there's going to be Christmas ornaments, you know, uh, the, and the action figure iceberg, I mean, we're just seeing the tip of it. Oh, yeah, and they oh, look the great. The action figures look so great. Yeah. 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 yeah, Mattel's doing a really interesting thing, and I saw a few people complain about it, and I... And I tried to explain what what I thought it was is that Mattel is doing idealized versions sure. of those characters. Yeah, because they were complaining about uh, like the likenesses or this, that, and the other thing. And I said, you know what? I said it, it's it, it it's not um, cartoon versions of those actors, but I said there again, it's more idealized versions of them. Yeah. We're not exactly getting warts and all. The, the, the body shape of the Batman figure is not exactly <laughs> Adam West body shape. I don't you think know. there's a mustache on the Joker. No, there is. There is. That, that there is. Yeah, that, okay, then I'm happy. And they revealed the face. Oh, I do. See, I'm looking at it now. You're right. Wow. Yeah. That's, okay, that's then, incredible. Then but... that's all I need. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> right. What, what are people complaining about? <laughs> so, uh, so it's going to be fun. Now, now sure. honestly... I don't know how far they can take that series because obviously Mattel is going to be selling these in, at Toys R Us. Yeah. And I think once you get past the characters that are in the first wave, you start to get into uh, the question of, can we sell an egghead figure at Toys R Us? <laughs> the answer you know? is yes. It's a good yes. question. I hope the answer is yes. But I think <laughs> what I think are going to help these sell are the parents who uh, grew up with these yeah. The show and and then even in syndication, and yeah. who remember these and yeah. want to buy them for their kids and Batman is still more popular than ever as a yeah. character yeah. Uh, and this version of Batman I think is is yeah. more colorful more fun I mean there is there's the the surfs up Batman which I think I'm really <laughs> ex most excited I think that it's awesome <laughs> that they that they have done that. Um, yeah. That's the one I'm excited for. Well, expect about. a lot of that because, you know, they're going to look for every, you know, every wave is going to have to have, obviously, an, a version of Batman in it. Sure, and it's going to be... Um, a, and yeah. it's funny because um, at first they showed the surfing Batman, and then in Diamond Previews, when the solicitations came through there, it didn't have the surfing Batman listed. It had pink cowl, or radioact radioactive cowl <laughs> from the contaminated cowl <laughs> yeah. episode. 
And I thought that was really fun, but I didn't necessarily want it myself. But I, my wife said, oh, I'll take that. If She said, if you buy the whole set, I want that one. Yeah. And I said, it's yours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so then, then it changed, and it went back to it's the surfing Batman, which is fine. So we're, it's funny that six figures, and we're already divvying them up. You're, yeah, you know? you're, we're, you're... we're doing a, like, <laughs> you know, used to do this as a kid. You'd lay out your Mego action figures, and we, you'd have your friends with you, and you're going to play. And it's like... Okay, I get first choice, you get second choice, you get third <laughs> choice, and you go down the line. Well, I get Batman. Well, I get Robin. You know, and then you're down to you have you're down to Mr. Mixaplex, you know, and, and somebody's got to take that one, you know. But, you know, my I'm like uh, to my wife, "Well, I get Batman. I'm sorry, I get Batman, you know." And I get the Riddler. I'm sorry, I get the Riddler, you know. And she's like, "Well, I want the Penguin because she loves Burgess." And I'm like, "Okay, you can have the Penguin." You know, and yeah, uh, I, she wanted the pink cowl one, and now they don't have it. She goes, I don't think I want Surfing Batman. And I said, <laughs> okay, well, you know, you can have one more if you want. So she's going to take uh, the Joker. She's going to take Cesar Romero. So I get Catwoman, Batman, Surfing Batman, and the Riddlers. I'm happy. She's happy. I'm happy. You know, Everybody's we have a happy, happy Batman household. <laughs> and I, the second wave will have radioactive cow Batman, probably. No, no, so I can only imagine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. You know, um, obviously they're going to have an Eartha Kit Catwoman. Sure. There's your variant right there. They might even have a Lee Merriweather, you know, Catwoman. There's a second or third variant, what or second variant. Um, but you know, it's like where where do you go after that? Somebody joked on Facebook. They said, "Oh, I guess they're going to have to have Batman with the squirt of paint on his <laughs> tunic." I'm looking forward to the, the epis- Chief O'Hara. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Commissioner Gordon. Gordon. Uh, ba- they'll, they'll do a Batgirl. Us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, right. It's like, well, you know, the funny thing is, is they don't have Robin in there. Robin yeah, is going to be in the, yeah. in the two-pack. And that's so funny because they keep saying that, like, I think he's exclusive to the two-pack yeah. with them climbing the he wall. Yeah. Okay, well, I looked at it. It looks like a regular Robin. Now, how do they get away with having a Robin in single packs without without ruining that supposed exclusive? The only thing I can think of is is that in the third season, Robin's the eye holes in Robin's mask were bigger. <laughs> That's what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like well, other than that, it's like Robin without his belt. I I don't know, yeah. you know. Uh, um, Just Dick Grayson. I, I can't think of any other <laughs> versions of Batman that they can do beyond contaminated cowl, surfing Batman, and maybe Batman with the paint on his tunic. I, yeah, it's what like, else? Uh, uh, yeah, the, hopefully we'll see some vehicles as well. I mean, I want to, I want to see. The yeah, movie, uh, yeah. Oh, I know they can do it. Alfred as Batman. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. Faces of Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> so Alfred, 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 Gus. Yeah, there's a lot of Alfred action, especially in the third season. He he oh, really God. got out there. Yeah. Well, I would um, say he's more of the star than Batman. <laughs> in some ways, and and Harriet as well. We have to. Yes, I'm I'm disappointed. There's that build a figure and Harriet. Yeah, I don't see how else they could sell in <laughs> here. Bless so, her heart. Best bless her heart. So I just want yeah. my bookworm figure. Yeah, the, I hope. The and like you said, there is a lot of uh, more obscure villains or, or yeah. villains unique to the show, yeah. and I, I I'm looking forward to those actually. Like the, uh, yeah. Well, the company that makes the Mego like figures yeah. has started to release some pictures. And they showed the head sculpts for Egghead and somebody else, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. They li- they put out a list of the villains they intend to do, and it was it was very interesting. They had Bookworm in there, 
and um, God, I think they might even have said Clock King, King, you know, I mean, (laughs) wow. (laughs) So what, I mean, with all this excitement or all this news and new merchandise, will we see uh, the DVDs? And that's, that's what I think what a lot of people want. Yeah. Well, here's my guess. I've been asked. I'm sure, yeah, you get asked this a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally a lot. And, and you know, um, my guess is that I, I, I think it's a, a fairly logical yeah. short leap to this is the testing of the waters. Yeah. Why they would have to test the waters, I don't know. But I think <laughs> I it's, 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 yeah. it's the preamble. Um, maybe they still have one or two little wrinkles to iron out with, with the rights, but somehow the the likenesses and merchandise rights were freed up. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit more to do on the DVDs, but I, I have this feeling that we might learn something more at San Diego this year, which is in just yeah, weeks, very coming literally. Up. Yeah, early I July, just feel yeah. like if there's any place to make an announcement, then that's that's the place. Yeah. Bring yeah, together, you, get, you know, bring together Adam, uh, Yvonne, and, Jim and Beard. Bert, yeah, and me, you. yes, uh, and Julie, you know, and and get them on a stage and say, you know, here here's the DVDs. Um, I really feel like we we are going to get some more Star Wars announcements, yeah. and I, I think uh, at San Diego, and I really think that that would be the place to do it. Sure. I feel, that would be the place to to. Uh, Firm, firmly announced that that Mark Harrison and Carrie are going to be in the movie. Are are, sure. you, are you looking forward to the the new Disney produced uh, Star Wars? I guess yeah. trilogy or series of movies. Yeah, yeah I am. Uh, you know, um, you see, it sounds like you say that a little begrudgingly, though. <laughs> I, it, 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 it is. I think it's because of this. It's it's. I, it's funny. I love Disney. I don't necessarily love Disney combined with other things that I love. Okay, so not a you Disney know, Marvel team up fan necessarily. Well, thank God Disney has not does has not seemingly done things yeah. at Marvel <laughs> that have affected it. But yeah. I think that there's a sensibility, a Disney sensibility that might creep into Star Wars. Um, George Lucas was a real maverick mm-hmm. back in 1976 when he, you know, made that movie, that little movie, um, <laughs> and uh, he wanted to do things his way. And honestly, there's something almost subversive sure. about, about yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. And I just have a feeling that maybe a little PC-ness is going to creep into Star Wars, yeah. you know? Um, and, um, we might not get that just full blown gonzo craziness that we did, you know, um, but I I don't know. Abrams claims he's a Star Wars fan. Uh, he, he, there was a great line in an interview that he just did. He said, we're going to honor it, but not revere it. Okay. I think that's, that's probably a good approach actually, because you don't want it to be too, too similar in, in some ways, I think. Right, uh, right. Or, 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 you know, hamstring yourself by yeah, exactly. being so yeah. slavish to it. Yeah. But whether or not they can capture anything of the feeling from, yeah. from before or whether they will try to, I don't, I don't know. It, it'll be really interesting if they can get the, the three originals 
Yeah. Four, four if you count if you count Billy D. That would be, you know. I'm counting. That would be really that would interesting. Be the, just the, the solo star of all the films would be Billy. That D. that would be that awesome. Would, that would, that's, I would just just adapt the Adventures of Landau Calrissian book series. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I pulled those out the other day and was looking at those and rolling my eyes at them. That's well, that's all you need to do. You that's know? how you yeah. read them. You just I, roll your eyes at them. With, yeah. with, the, with, with the Disney Star Wars movies, what I think is more possibly scary about going for further with it are are not is not the trilogy it's the one film a year thing like the film focusing yeah, on yeah, Boba yeah. Fett the film focusing yeah. I mean yeah I think you're gonna, absolutely right Star Wars you're losing like a specialness of, to it you know, I, I'm so glad you year. said that because it's like announcing a new trilogy is one thing right but when you start saying okay we're going to have three tv series we're going to have four solo or and when i say solo movies i'm you know i mean literally a, a yeah, Han solo movie, kind of, yeah. movie. <laughs> you know what i would say guys whoa 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 you know it's like um you know that's a, a, like a little too much yeah you're gonna they're gonna it's like kill that's it, much for the general yeah. public that's too much yeah. for the general public. Yeah, yeah. For like Star yeah. Wars fanatics, that's why they have the comic books and the and the novels and things like that because they can handle exactly. it. Exactly. But exactly. the general public can't. And if you lose that yeah. specialness to the general public, then I yeah. think you lose a big part of the mystique of Star Wars. Yeah, that that it, you know, just a very Thanks. few movies, very few things. Uh, Perfectly the, put. Actual, yeah. Perfectly put. And, and you know, it's like just just concentrate on Episode Seven, and once yeah. that comes out, we'll, that's we'll what talk. I want to see first. Yeah, we'll get back to you. You know, we'll we'll make our decisions on this end of the thing, and we'll get back to you if we want anything more from you because it might be crap. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be a little weird not seeing the 20th Century Fox. Uh, I think yeah. that'll be the before. Weirdest, that'll be that'll be the weirdest be, thing. See the Disney. I think what what's going to benefit Episode Seven so much is that so many people have such negative reaction to the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. That almost in comparison, even though I think the prequel trilogy is a little underrated, even though yeah. I understand the criticisms, I do think it's a little underrated. Um, yeah. But so many people have such a negative feeling on it that in comparison, it's just going to make episode seven look good, no matter what. <laughs> the, the, the prequels are going to be reexamined. I, I really feel strongly I about think they that. Will they're, too. they're going to be fully re-examined and and I think people are going to find more worth in them that than they know right now um, I mean I personally you know need to try to find more worth in attack of the clones <laughs> yeah that's that's, that's <laughs> I love revenge of the Sith actually you know and, I think revenge and I'm, better than Jedi yeah but... I'm fairly fond of Phantom Menace, but i have I have some serious problems with it with parts of attack of the clones but again i I honestly think that people are going to go back and, and take those out yeah. again and and really look at them and, and say, okay, maybe they weren't as bad as as legend you know says well, and i also and, uh, I also think that when the kid people that were kids when those films first came out like yeah. seven eight nine when they become adults which it's already happened actually pretty much i was Uh, i was 12 years old when when the first one came out and they grew up with those films and wait 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 the first one what 1999 i was born Uh. (laughs) not no no not not you almost you almost made me think you were my age because i was i was 12 i was 12 when Star Wars came wow, out. Wow, yeah, see, I would have rather well, we been ca- now call A New Hope before it was it was just called Star Wars. Did you see it I in, was 12 in when that came out. Did you see it in theaters? Yep. 
How August first, wow. August first, nineteen seventy-seven. Did you see it multiple times theatrically? Um, yeah. Um, if I, my if my count is correct, I saw it nine times wow. in wow. the theater, and the last time I saw it in the theater was in nineteen seventy-nine. They re-released it because at the very end they showed a trailer to the first trailer to Empire Strikes wow. Back. And weirdly enough, you had to sit through the movie and the credits, and <laughs> you got the that. trailer at the end. Yeah. They were really ahead of their times, but that was the first <laughs> actual moving pictures. We had seen still shots. That was the first wow. film of it that, that, that anybody had seen, and, and just blew me away. And I didn't know anything about Lando. <laughs> I didn't know the character existed. And it's going through like, you know, and old friends return like Luke Skywalker, blah, blah, blah. And new friends like Lando Calrissian. And it shows Lando. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, who's that? Like, what? Well, I think did you know, you'd, <laughs> 30 years later, you'd be flipping through the adventures of Lando. Lando Calrissian, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, was, was, that the, uh, was that the trailer that uh, Harrison Ford narrated? Yes, that, but obviously we I didn't know until many, many, many years later, and, and very in a very goofy manner he did. Yeah, I know, it's so cartoony. Such a different yeah. era, right? I mean, now yeah. you can just, you see stuff about a movie, all kinds of information oh, you yeah. want, yeah. many years before it's ever out, and yeah. any trailer, you can know almost the entire exact, really you can know exactly everything about the movie before yeah. you can see it. Or, yeah. And it's just a totally different time when, you know, yeah, was, things well, so like that were really like, special. So much Absolutely. of, like, the, mis- the mystery of going to see a film is gone. Absolutely. It really, and, and this is yeah. kind of a shame because I, I'm i still excited for the new Superman movie, but I've been reading reviews and getting less and less excited. And I feel like yeah, now I my expectations... Yeah. I, I haven't done anything. Oh, okay, so we will. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I yeah. still think it's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten yeah. mixed reviews. Yeah, it's going to... I'm going into it with an open mind. Yeah, I'm I think and you should, and I and I think it, I think it will be good, and uh, yeah, oh, and uh, yeah. when the, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm just gonna I'm looking forward it, yeah. to it. I'm looking forward to it. my favorite superhero film is Superman the movie. Yeah, oh, good for you. I won't. Great. It won't be. It, it won't be as great as that, and I know that because yeah. I don't think anything can touch that. Yeah, but I'm still going in saying thinking. Eh, not even, not even. Not even. The, the Ben Affleck Daredevil film can't touch that. No, I, that, that was. The, that's the. Clo- <laughs> that's the close. That's the closest movie. That's the closest movie. So Superman the movie. Superman the movie is my second favorite superhero movie. So the first is of course Batman sixty six. Yep. But <laughs> well, okay. it's yeah. a classic. And, and I think and, Cap- yeah. and Captain America came very close to oh, Superman really? the movie. Are you yeah, talking I about love, the one I, with? Are you talking about the one with Mark Singer? From, uh, uh, not Mark Singer. Um, oh, who uh, was it? Not Mark. Uh, I can't think of his name. I'll have to look it up Singer. now. Yeah, it's uh, crap. Oh, but no, not those ones. There was two of them. There was two TV films. Oh no, no, I'm talking about Re- the one. Reb, he... Reb, uh, Reb, Reb Brown. Reb Brown. Reb was Brown. In yeah. Ah, uh, I got his first name at least. <laughs> no, no, no. The Chris, the Chris Evans one. <laughs> you liked it that much? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, a, a superhero movie set during World War II? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, I and, had so many and Avengers was, uh, Avengers just, you know, blew me away. I don't like that blew movie. Me away. I don't like, I'll be honest, I do not like the Marvel studio films. Ah, so you're that guy. I do not like them. <laughs> I do not like them at all. I think hey. they're very, 
I think they're very middle of the road. They so, don't want to offend mm, anyone. So, Jim, when you're shopping mm. Monster Earth around to, yeah. to, to, to studios, maybe think yeah. think twice about Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios, yeah. <laughs> okay. they'll, make it very, I really, they'll make a very bland middle-of-the-road movie. Actually, I haven't read uh, uh, Monster Earth, uh, but... I'm gonna download it on Kindle right after this. It's, yeah, I think it's I'm like two ninety nine. Yeah, that, like that's that, a yeah. steal, really. And, if, and yeah. I'll probably wind up buying the the uh, physical book as well because I was gonna say this too. I was looking through your covers here and some really awesome artwork. Who's doing the artwork for the, especially the? Uh, I, I've been I've been very blessed with the artists that they that all the publishers have come up with. Um, Jeff Herndon did Sergeant Janus. Yeah. Um, uh, um, Nick Runge uh, did Captain Action. Um, I hate to say it, I can't think of the name of the guy that did Monster Aces. And Eric Johns did uh, Monster Earth. Yeah. And he's going to be doing the new volume of Monster Earth. Hey, gentlemen, I hate to do this to oh, you, you gotta, but I got to run. All right, Jim, it's been great talking to yeah, you. Great it's, talking to you. Same here, guys. Thanks Take so care. much. See you. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye bye. And that was Jim Beard. That was that was. Jim he Beard. comes as quickly as or as wait, he, he leaves. Yeah, <laughs> Jim Beard, ladies and gentlemen, what a guy! What a what a stand-up guy! And, the only and, thing, the only thing, the only topic he refused to talk about was Ghostbusters: Haunted Holiday. That's true. He also wrote uh, a little bit for that, uh, but a lot. I mean, we'll put up all the links on uh, Amazon. We said, "Can we talk about?" It? And he's like, "No, no, I, won't, I would not." Talk <laughs> he re- about he's it. like, "Not. We're not talking about the Ghostbusters." Not today. But what a guy, Jim Beer, and a prolific writer, really, and a lot going on. Uh, oh, no. Great guy, true Toledoan, and I, I would say the mayor of Toledo in the hearts of the people. In in the hearts of all Toledoans. Yeah. Is that what they're called, Toledoans? I think they're called Jim Beardians now. Oh, that could be true. That's probably what they are called. Jim have you, Beard. Have you taken a look at his uh, author page on Amazon and all of his pictures that he has up? Oh, I haven't. Oh my god, you're gonna have to. But there are some classic. Classic yeah. beard in there, I see. Yeah, some classic beardisms. Look at the last. <laughs> look at the last picture. I see. Yeah, with the bust of Adam West, <laughs> just giving him that stare. Are yeah, you sure that's not a bust of uh, Jim Beard that Adam West <laughs> is holding? <laughs> An armless Adam West is looking at a uh, giant, giant bust of Jim, bust of Jim, Beard. Of Jim yeah. Beard. Jim yeah. Beard, author, man of the people. Yeah. True friend of Stephen Andy Meet Batman. Yeah. They call him. He he's always said he's a lover, not a fighter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Andy. Any closing words for the Batmites? Don't worry, we'll put up all of we'll put up the Jim Beard Amazon page on our Facebook page, facebook.com/stevenandy. We'll put some uh, uh, the the links we were talking about the LA review of books for Black Pulp. Um, actually, that's the book that I'm actually most interested in. I know Jim Beard didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> well, I there's a lot. I really am going to read Monster Earth. I'm I'm looking forward. I to thought it. that one sounded really cool. It does. I, I think it's a, a really awesome concept. Uh, and I I wasn't joking. I think it would make a really cool Band movie. of Brothers too. Yeah, Monster, Monster Earth. Earth. <laughs> Jim Beard. Any any closing words on on the conversation? Part three: Revenge of the Beard. Uh, <clears throat> I hope he goes to Rex next Wednesday. I hope he does too, for his own sake. And I hope when he goes to pay, he just puts down a copy of Black Pulp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so check out our what Facebook. What do you think that's worth? How many roast beef sandwiches? I think they throw in a couple for you. I think so. Yeah. No, if you threw down Monster Ace. That's three. Or if you threw down his Herman Cain comic book. <laughs> that's not on his, his, uh, 
I wonder if he finished that because he never got around to telling us. Like, I don't. Amazon, Amazon refuses to carry it. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Herman Kane, Jim Beard. Hmm. I, I don't see anything. Although I do see that uh, Janine Garofalo said that Herman Kane is a beard for something, but I miss what it is. <laughs> I bet it's out. I bet it's out. He just is like, oh, I'm not going to put it up there. <laughs> all right. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Steve and Andy. We'll put up all the links we talked about with Jim Beard and some more fun stuff. Uh, if you have uh, any Jim Beard related questions, any questions about racks, Star Wars, uh, Batman. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I found, I found it. I found it. Herman Cain. He didn't write it. Jerome Maida. May, uh, so Jim Beard said, I can't tackle this. Or do you think that is just a, like a pseudonym? Jerome, from yeah, Beard. it could be. A pseudonym? He's like, I don't want my name on this. It could be. Naida means beard in, in French. So. Yeah, in Canaanese. <laughs> he uh, should have wrote the Carrie Fisher one, not C.W. Cook. Ah, uh, well, that was probably taken, I bet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So uh, f- send us email, stevenandy at gmail.com. Leave us an iTunes review. <laughs> when he got the Blue Water thing, did it write the James Dean thing? Didn't he? Because I thought this was just an Eagle song. <laughs> that's all it's. That simply says that inside. <laughs> it's just the lyrics to the Eagle song, James Dean. All <laughs> uh, right, Andy, any closing words about uh, Jim Beard, Godzilla, Kaiju, Toledo? <sighs> None that I can think of. All right. Well, then I will talk to you later. Oh, wait a minute. I do have something to say. Okay, go. Okay. Is some people going to die? What does that make you think of? The NBA playoffs, they're coming up. <laughs> that's tonight. I will... Oh, that's tonight. All right. Yeah, game ah. four. Oh, God. I'll catch you later, then. All right. Talk to you later. See ya. See ya. See ya.